KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, the Outdoor Hour, giving you the inside scoop on the great outdoors, presented by Park Ridge Medical Clinic on 1077 The Franchise. As long as I can remember, I've been drawn to the outdoors. There's something primal in each of us that awakens when we step outside the bounds of modern society and back into the vast possibilities of the natural world. The more civilized our lives become, the louder our hearts cry for reconnection with our native ways. Failure is imminent, dangers drawing nigh, but approached with reverence and tact, the outdoors return wisdom and gain. In both the outdoors and in life, harvests are fleeting, but lessons and memories abound. With that in mind, we step forth boldly together in pursuit of ourselves outdoors. We are nothing more than tree stand troubadours. Welcome inside the Outdoor Hour. I'm Taylor Maples, joined this week by Todd Lizenby, as always, Josh Stratton, and Josh Karam. Excited to have you guys with us. Josh, you brought somebody with you as well. Yeah, yeah, I brought my youngest son, Evan. He's... uh we're going on a hunt as soon as we finish this, so it'll be our first deer hunt of the year, so we're pretty pumped about it. We may have to drag him into a, a conversation a little bit later yeah. on in this week's episode. Yeah. Welcome inside the Outdoor Hour. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Man, it has been uh, a roller coaster season for a lot of people. I keep joking with a lot of my friends that we need to do an episode of just whitetail therapy yeah. because I feel like everybody this year, more so than most, has had a roller coaster. Mm. They've got a story. They've got something they just need to kind of air out. Um, you said this is going to be your first deer hunt of the season. Have you been outdoors? What have you been up to? So I've been on the road working for six months. Uh, I was in Ohio, so I my outdoor exposure was limited to hikes and a little bit of steelhead fishing so i discovered the love of steelhead fishing which i i kind of get it yeah it's it's real fun tell (laughs) me about it so uh we were on the i was real close to the chagrin river so i as as an amateur would i co i show up with my little six weight fly rod like i use in oklahoma and got laughed off the water almost immediately so I went back to buy a uh, an eight weight. I went out with the eight weight and um, proceeded to get my butt kicked for a couple weeks. Okay. Yeah, I was getting text messages from him like, "Dude, what am I doing wrong?" Like the first day I go out, I smash. I haven't moved one since, and I was like, "Welcome to steelhead fishing, sir. This is normal." Yeah, I think the the steelhead gods knew what to do because yeah, the first time I went out, my boys were both up there with me. We we flew them up and. Uh, yeah, we all we all hit fish that first day, and I said I looked at Easton, my oldest, and I said this this is easy. Why why does everybody act like this is a hard thing to do? And that was the curse right there. That was the kiss of death because I didn't see another fish on my on my setup the rest of the time I was there. What makes it so difficult? Uh, I I don't know. Maybe ask Josh. I don't, yeah. I don't know. The fish I couldn't figure though, it out. Smarter fish? Are they well doing I, something different? You know, I I keep trying to figure it out. It, I guess you get fresh fish all the time that because they're coming in off the lake. Yeah. Um, but they get they get everything thrown at them the moment they hit the water. The moment they come upstream, everybody's throwing bait at them, and so if you pick the right combination, you can probably get into them. Um, guys were. I talked to a couple guys that would share. I don't know if they were gar holing me or not, but they shared some information like, oh, if you throw egg sacks at them, you know, they might hit it one day. But then if if you throw a, if that doesn't work, then you throw maybe a shiner uh, with with some white pattern on it or something like that. And you just got to pick the right combination. And guys were coming in with um, tackle that I've never even seen before, something called center pin. And it's like a 13-foot rod with a with a reel that looks similar to a fly reel, but it's more like a float rig. And so they were floating these things down on, I call them bobbers, but I think they were calling them floats. There's, and, and they're still called bobbers. Yes. Let's just yeah. clarify, yeah. right? I mean, it's like uh, in the fly fishing bobber. space, you know, we call them strike, strike indicators. indicators. No, sir, that's a bobber. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Some of the looks that Josh has been giving you during this story have just been classic <laughs> i'm sure i'm purposely not looking at exactly <laughs> freaking center pinners dude yeah. come on i was tempted i was tempted but um i i knew stratton would probably strangle me if i came back home with one of those so 
<laughs> I tried to keep it as pure as I could. Hey, listen, you know, you just got to do what you got to do at some point. <laughs> but I appreciate the fact that you uh, chose the challenging route. That's uh, right. That's right. I'm a glutton kept, for punishment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You kept your morals and wits about you and didn't join the dark side of center pinning. Yeah. So. Yeah. Stratton, what's your steelhead experience? Any? Yeah. Um, on the West Coast, strikeout galore. Um, I have moved fish. Um on the west coast but have not landed a west coast steelhead spent a lot of time in the great lakes area um i refuse to call them steelhead i call them lake runs but um that's a you know just a joke really but i uh, had a lot of yeah a lot of success there a lot of fun um when i ran the fly fishing film tour i'd go there in the winters so uh when they were running was often when i would be in the great lakes region and i'd be there for about four weeks so if we weren't working we were fishing and um chasing steelies it's fun. Yeah, yeah it's a good it, time. It's real man. fun. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So you're going deer hunting. You said yes. first time this year. Where are you headed? Um, We're headed to western Oklahoma, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, good enough. Absolutely. <laughs> Attaboy. <laughs> a lot to offer out That's there. That's right. So <laughs> so supportive of others. That's right. So helpful. <laughs> this is the biggest, and I say this all the time, the biggest catch-22 in the outdoors is we need more hunters and anglers. Sure. We just need them to do it somewhere else. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. within your state boundaries so that they support your own funding that's and that right. kind of stuff. Yeah. But come learn to fish and then go find a different stream. Yep, yep, that's Absolutely. right. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Well, you are the founding chairman of the Oklahoma State chapter of the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Yes. How did you get involved in that? Um, A lot of poor life choices. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I've learned over the last month, honestly, about these organizations is it seems like more and more the people that are in those leadership roles are voluntold into those roles. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You go, well, you, you always tell, say to them, congrats, and they go, thanks, uh-huh. like, I guess. And somehow Stratton is involved in all of it. So, Well, uh, Karen really was the, the instigator. Uh, BHA very seriously wouldn't be in the state of Oklahoma if it wasn't for him. He was uh, a lone soldier, like, just chasing down uh, whatever leads and building relationships and, and starting the fire here and – um, he, he's integrated enough, uh, in the hunting space, uh, that people knew that he, what he was up to and, uh, were catching wind of it. And a lot of young, vibrant individuals said, Hey man, I, I want to come along with you. And I just happened to be one of those guys that said, Hey, I want to come along with you. Um, but this cat right here, uh, really was the momentum to, to get a chapter here. And, um, you know, he can talk or we can both talk about the reality of like what BHA has been um, on a legislative level. That's really where this chapter has made its most impact um, outside of community focused events, which they do really well and and have done differently than some of the other chapters out there. Yeah. Why BHA? Um, I, I like that. um, You know, there's a lot of organizations out there that focus on a specific species and I think I'm not alone and, a lot of hunters that I know, we don't we don't only pursue one species, and so BHA was attractive to me because they um, they focus more on the the overall access of outdoor pursuits, whether that's hunting ducks, chasing whitehead or chasing whitetails, or fishing, or you know all the type of stuff that we in Oklahoma like to do. Um, the, you know, they're not specific to any of those things, um, and the big thing that uh, drew me to BHA specifically is that they they're really open on embracing all walks of life and so um, you know we we say it when we're talking to new folks all the time like you know I don't care who you're voting for what party you're part of um, you know what these other beliefs may be we have this common interest of we like public land we like public water and we like to enjoy those things so let's unite on those and try and move the needle in the right direction and keep that that opportunity here for us. You mentioned some of the legislation stuff. What are you most proud of that you got to be a part of in your time with BHA? 703? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh so there was a uh there was a bill introduced that was um allowing private landowners the ability to basically manage the wildlife to their own desires 
Um, and wildlife, as we know, is, is held in a trust for us. And no one person owns it. No one entity owns it. It's for all of us to enjoy. And so uh, we, we allow our wildlife department to make those management decisions, you know, based on science and not emotion. And so uh, this was giving them the freedom to um, allocate tags and allocate licenses to both in-state and out-of-state people at their at their own discretion, giving landowners this power, which um, I, I think would be a very, very negative thing to us because, you know, those same deer, like you were sharing earlier, um, that same deer might be on your property one day and then my neighbor's property the next day, and then it might crawl over to some public land a few days later. And so if you allow one landowner to maybe um, push the limits on the pursuit of that deer and maybe um, take that deer off the landscape where, um, you know, my, my son won't have an opportunity on it, then, you know, that's not cool. It's not cool. So, yeah, we were able to um, garner up enough support in the outdoor community through social media and just kind of grassroots type work on contacting their legislators and explaining why we don't like this legislation to come through and basically just barrage everybody with phone calls voicing our um, displeasure in this legislation and uh, we ended up getting the bill defeated so um, we've, we've done a few of them like that I, I don't remember the numbers on all of them but yeah there was another bill um, and I will say like that that bill specifically like that it's a touchy one right like I think all of us as caretakers of the land um, want to have authority over our land right like i get that 100 percent because i'm naturally drawn to that desire myself like you know the lordship of of this land right and um we used to pick up land going back to a couple weeks ago when we were talking you know we used to pick up land in this country so we could sustain ourselves right Mm -hmm. if that land was fruitful with game and ability to produce a crop like you were king of the hill right and and that's what we sought for for eons right was that land that could do that and so i it almost seems like against our natural fiber to to do but ultimately i think we we've agreed as a country for the most part that wildlife is a public asset asset and i think that was the main goal was this wasn't trying to take away landowners rights as landowners this was just you know trying to bring the conversation back to have we laid a baseline historically that wildlife is an asset for all and if so is this in line with that and ultimately you know it got to the point where i think everyone agreed it wasn't um there was a bill that was going to allow guiding on public lands in the state of oklahoma yeah that was a big one um and and I'll tell you, me personally, I I don't have anything against that idea. Um, I believe that a a healthy uh, economy centered around the outdoors only allows you to be more impactful. More people create relationship because they're taking guides. More people are bought into the importance of it, so on and so forth. And now you have more power in the legislation. The problem with this bill, though, was there was no guidelines in it. It was about to be the Wild West out there. And um, that went all the way to the governor's um, desk. It did pass. Um, we kind of got into it late. Uh, mm-hmm. The organization did, but hit the red button. And um, the wildlife department wasn't for it. And there, no one really was, to be honest, that yeah. I can, other than some people who wanted to have a guide operation, right? Um, and so, which are important people and important part of the 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 recipe for success but they um it ended up getting to his desk and and he said he hadn't received in his uh position at that point he had not received as many phone calls and emails about that bill and to video it in comparison to anything else it was the most uh, attention he had received on anything up to that point and so that was rad Mm -hmm. um last year um there was a bill 32 yeah, I'm not good with all the numbers. We'll forget about that one because I don't remember the numbers <laughs> yeah. either. But, uh, yeah, man, I think BHA does good work and, and is part of that fabric of conservation here in Oklahoma that has just a, a lot of um, wonderful people that are actively pursuing um, and fighting for hunting and fishing rights. 
um, and the ability to do so, whether that's private or public. So, yeah, I think we're in a good spot with, um, you know, our our folks here in Oklahoma. We're we're very passionate about our outdoor pursuits, and so. Um, I like that we're able to kind of activate, you know, whether they're members or they're just um, folks that we're familiar with. Um, everyone's so passionate about this that, you know, it, it, it kind of helps um, whenever we need to call to action something like that. And so it, it puts us in a pretty good situation. Yeah, and the, and the state has is so supportive, right? I mean, Pinnell has latched on to the mm-hmm. importance of hunting and fishing and, and it's tied to our historical heritage as a, of a state and 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 its ability to make economic uh, impact in our state and so um, watching him over the last few years shine a spotlight on on places and pursuits and uh, I think really increasing abilities uh, people's ability to access those things particularly on the fishing side uh, mm-hmm. has been really great guys we got to hit a break we got a lot of good stuff to get into still inside this week's Outdoor Hour. Uh, you've probably seen it on social media. You've heard me talk about it over the last few episodes. Um, I've got an update, Todd, with Lucky, the whitetail buck that has been my number one target for the last two years. Had a great interaction with him on Friday, and I will tell that story as soon as we come back from this break. We're going to talk about deer camp. We're going to talk about duck camp, and we've got more with Josh Karam and Josh Stratton. Uh, talking about backcountry hunters and anglers and more ahead inside the Outdoor Hour. If you're one of the 20 million men in America struggling with ED, check out Parkridge Medical Clinic. Don't just fight the symptoms of ED with a pill. Treat the root of the problem. Parkridge Medical now has an office here in Oklahoma City and uses a state-of-the-art clinically proven technology that's called acoustic wave therapy they even feature an all-male staff your office visit will be completely comfortable they can actually regenerate blood flow to the area that you want it most no pills no needles no discomfort call parkridge medical today 405-839-7000 that's 405-839-7000 more with Josh Karam, Josh Stratton, Todd Lisenby, and myself inside the Outdoor Hour after this. Welcome back to the Outdoor Hour, talking all things outdoors. Presented by Park Ridge Medical on 1077 The Franchise. Welcome back inside the Outdoor Hour. We got the Joshes in studio this week, Josh Stratton and Josh Karam on the phone line. In the next segment, we've invited in Austin Morton, the current chair of the Oklahoma State Chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. And we got some more conversations with them ahead inside the Outdoor Hour. I got to tell a couple of quick stories before we dive back into it. The first Over the weekend this last week, we had our Tyler Media Cares toy drive, something we do every year. And I feel so known and so seen. Uh, We were on our way out to Remington Park to go give away these two semi-truck trailer full of toys. And I'm out there at 4 a.m. And on the way out, one of our uh, coworkers here texts me and says, Hey, Taylor, are you bringing the Pedigo with you this week? And I said, You already know it. I just love that I have become so synonymous with this brand of e-bikes because I have absolutely loved riding the Pedego. I literally had it out there for the toy drive, zipping back and forth from the front of the line at the parking lot all the way down to where we're giving the toys away with no exertion, no effort, just having a blast. I've gone 16 miles in a day on this bike on one charge without pedaling a single time. And when you actually want to exert and work a little bit more, you can get a lot more out of it. I take it out in the backcountry. I've used it to deer hunt this year. It's been a lot of fun if you're interested in an e-bike maybe you've never been on one like i never had before i found pedigo go check out pedigo okc they are macarthur boulevard just west of lake hefner get a hold of lance go for a test ride mention the outdoor hour and they'll save you 10 percent as well on the pedigo go check them out we've talked about lucky lately Um, I showed you guys a video before we started recording, and I asked you to count the number of holes you thought you saw. There's a few. There's a few in this. I don't know if this deer has Kevlar reinforcement on its rib cage. 
I don't know if it's just got nine lives. It's a phantom deer. <laughs> Literally unbelievable. This has been my target buck for the last couple of years. Um, he was the first deer I ever put an arrow in last year on opening weekend, and it was a okay shot, I will say. Maybe. Well, I mean, I mean, he's still alive. So. <laughs> shot placement was okay, I would say. Um, called out the dogs to trail. Didn't see, didn't find him. Very minimal blood. Anyways, I'll post the video so you can actually see this guy, but he looks like he was involved in a drive-by. Just, I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, we had another a young kid that put an arrow right over the top of his back last year. One of the neighboring properties this year put a crossbow bolt in his shoulder. Um, it's just unbelievable. He's got another spot in his neck now. But I'm sitting out in a tree stand Friday night, and he's my target. I've got a couple of little bucks. I've got a couple of does that come in, um, and a pretty good buck walks out, one of what we call the twins. There's two out there. Um, he would probably be a shooter, but he wasn't my target. So I just kind of enjoyed the moment with him. Yeah. He was probably there in front of me for 10 or 15 minutes. Um, and all of a sudden, I see stepping out into uh, kind of a thicket um, was Lucky, my target. Um, the way this property is set up is I'm on a east-west running fence line. And on the south side, so to my left, is an open field. On the north side of that line, to my right, is pretty just thick, natural woodland, right? This deer, I kid you not, spent 30 minutes pacing the fence line, came as close as seven yards to me several times. I've never seen a deer do this in real life. I've seen it on, like, Instagram reels and that kind of stuff. Three different times he tried to feed his antlers between the barbed wire to avoid having to go over the fence. You can tell he's kind of hobbling a little bit, but he would try to feed that rack through and kind of get hung up and retreat back and then circle around, come up, you know, look over the fence and get ready to jump and not. And I mean, I'm like, actually, I could show you a screenshot from my heart rate monitor on my <laughs> Apple Watch. I got like five different times that my heart rate spiked over a 30-minute period. And it's like, okay, he's going to jump the he's fence. To do it. Now's the chance. Yeah. And then he wouldn't do it. <laughs> it was unbelievable. So he eventually, after about half an hour, jumps the fence. As he's in the air, I'm able to go to full draw. But I'm pointing in the wrong direction, right? So now I've got to wait for either him to move or a chance to slowly start to turn. He jumps the fence and just sits there, perfectly broadsided, just hanging out. And I'm like, and you're holding, full and I'm draw. just holding full yeah. draw. So my yeah. internal clock starts to tick. <laughs> yes. And I finally get to a point where I'm like, why am I not just slowly starting to rotate? So I mean, literally as slow as I can, I start to move. I had not moved an inch. And he busted me. Yeah, hopped the fence and was gone. So when he busted you, he immediately jumped. Immediately uh, jumped. So you didn't even have that like split second. Where I he had a move. split second where I I moved and mm -hmm. I actually had the pin on him. Yeah. As he was like leaping back over the fence, and I just like call it the ethics of it, the morality. I don't know, but I couldn't loose another arrow at this deer. Yeah. I'm like, this guy has been through the ring. I have so much respect for this deer. Yeah, you I am him. not going to put an arrow at him that is not like a 100% chance of being a lethal shot. Yeah. How far was he? When he jumped the fence 20 yards. Oh, yeah. I mean, so <laughs> it, it, a chip shot. Yeah, yeah that's doable. Yeah. yeah. But an alert deer like that, you, and you know he's about to run. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't want to send another one, and you yeah. know he'll duck it pretty easily yeah. at that distance. Yeah, that's just a lost arrow, is yeah. what that is, yeah. right? Or yeah. or another injured deer, yeah. and then yeah, and then you may or may not recover that deer. So yeah. I, you you made the right call. God, yes. I appreciate hearing that. I went back and sat in that stand Sunday night, didn't see a thing, and I spent four hours while I was there just recreating it, looking through. Is there a hole down there? Could I have forced a <laughs> shot when he was on the north side and? You'll be replaying that for yeah. years, <laughs> or until you kill him. It's <laughs> kind of the way it goes, right? Well, enough about me. Uh, welcome back into the show, Josh Stratton, Josh Karam, and our newest guest, Austin Morton, who is the current chair of the Oklahoma State Chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Austin, we talked with these guys in the opening segment a little bit about some of the work that BHA has done. I want to ask you a little bit more about your involvement and some of the events that are going on. So how did you get involved with BHA, and, and what is that like, and what does it mean to you? Wow. Um, it means a lot, you know. 
being from Oklahoma, we're, we're a state that doesn't have an abundance of, of public land like some of our uh, neighboring states. And so growing up, you know, fairly, fairly modestly in Tahlequah, Oklahoma, there was um, opportunity around that was afforded to me through core land or WMAs that are in that area. And that just meant a lot to my development as a hunter. Um, so when I met some of the guys with BHA and some of the founding members like, like Josh Karam and Josh Stratton that are on this call, and got to know more about what their work is. Um, it really just it spoke to me as something that um, I have four kids myself. I, we, I think we all have a responsibility to future generations to try to leave it better than we found it. You know, um, it's, it's, it's not ours. It's our turn. You know, I, I think that gets thrown around a little bit. So um, we just feel an obligation. I think these guys could agree that we all want to try to preserve this. And um, it's also just a great opportunity to, be around like-minded guys and gals that that really um they they exhibit the same qualities that i respect in, in outdoorsmen and outdoors um activities so um it was a natural fit for me and uh you know take the opportunity to say i appreciate these guys bringing me in and and help work me into the fold and and we're able to do some really great stuff i'm really great gaining a lot of momentum in the state right now and um so it's an exciting time for us um we just wrapped up our hunting season here as far as whitetail and um we had a good deer camp this year in, in october so um things are going great we're having a lot of fun what all went down at deer camp this year oh it was it was a great time so we had we had several uh, new members and existing members that came out we went to fort gibson public hunting area we actually camped at the state park and um the wildlife department had one of their game wardens ben half came out and did uh some education on Friday night. We did a little campfire, kind of hang out, have some food, um, ate some chili, and, and just talked to hunting strategy on public land, kind of run the gamut of, of what you can expect when you're out there, um, what to look for, some really kind of hot tips that came out. Of, I'll share one right now. I thought it was really cool that I didn't know. Um, we were looking at Onyx, and everybody was kind of describing where they're going to hunt or how they're going to focus their search in the morning. I looked over, and one of the guys has a a lot of red dots all over his onyx. I had no idea that you can highlight acorn producing trees, you know, your deciduous trees on onyx. So there's actually a layer. So when you're in these WMAs and you're in October and you know that, that, that the food's falling down and that's where the, the whitetails are going to want to be, it really helps you key in on some good areas. You know, there's also water layers. So there was some really good information sharing going on Friday night. Um, we had a great time. Then everyone broke out, hunted Saturday um, in different areas. We, we partnered up with the Wagner Archery Club over there, and we did a 3D shoot midday and um, got to see how bad my shooting was compared to some of our other members. But uh, we had a really good time with that and continued our hunt on in the Saturday night, Sunday morning. And it was good for even those that, that weren't into archery hunting. We had some folks come out. And we went down and did some crappie fishing. And um, just it was just a great time for community, for, for the whole family to, to really break bread and, and, and fellowship and, and enjoy the outdoors together. I, I miss the, uh, you know, I wasn't able to attend deer camp, but uh, one of my favorite parts about any sort of deer camp or, you know, hunting camp is that fellowship back at the fire. I mean, I, I think, you know, our, our, our folks before us, our, you know, our ancestors before us, that was probably a pretty vital part of the, the process. And I think a lot of times we, we forget that that that's, you know, a lot of fun, a lot of fun hanging around the fire and just sharing stories. Some may be true, some may not be so true, but um, that's a good part about any sort of camp. So uh, I'm sad I missed that one, but it sounds like it was really great. Uh, you were definitely missed, buddy. It was it was good. We, we stayed up too late and, yeah. you know, um, put the night log on, and and uh, I, I wouldn't miss it for, for anything. You know, we're going to continue to do these events. We, we've all discussed this uh, um, offline, but – we're going we're gonna to hold these events, and this is to the public. So if you're interested in, in getting more involved or just trying to find people that are like-minded, that, um, you know, nobody's out there spot-burning necessarily or telling mm -hmm. you they're honey holes, but there's a lot of information that gets shared like I was talking about. And, tactics, right? Um, yeah, tactics. That's it, everything. I mean, it, sometimes you, you, you don't need to know. You just need to know how to read, read the situation. And, um, you know, I've, I've hunted my entire life, and I still pick up things from, from some of the – folks that we spend time with mm -hmm. how can somebody learn more and try to get involved 
It's very, very easy. I mean, a, a simple Internet search will land you on, on Backcountry Hunters and Anglers uh, website. But if you're on Facebook, you can find us on Facebook. If you're on Instagram, you'll find the Oklahoma chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers there. Um, it's, it's very, very simple. If, uh, if you'd like to take the next step and become a member, it's very inexpensive. Um, you'll get a, a quarterly publication called Backcountry Journal where you're going to kind of stay up with some of the national issues as well as local issues. Um, you'll see a little bit in there from us. Um, if, if you want to just come out to one of our, we're going to have some, some upcoming events. And um, uh, the spring here, we have a, a pint night. We'll, we'll tend to do things in, in all parts of the state as well. So you could come out to one of our events, and all that will be listed on our, on our respective Facebook pages and, and social media presence. We've also got a newsletter that we, that we push out, um, all things Oklahoma BHA. So um, once you uh, become a member, then you, you'll start receiving that newsletter as well. That'll just be emailed out. I am a part of that Facebook group for the Oklahoma chapter, and it is probably the most active and helpful community I'm a part of in the outdoors. There's always a lot of good content mm-hmm. there, events, pint nights, that kind of stuff. Yep. So, hey, we got to hit a break. Uh, we'll have more with Austin and the Joshes when we come back after this. I want to talk a little bit more about BHA. I want to talk about some of these upcoming events that you guys have and other things that we can learn and get involved with through backcountry hunters and anglers. Before we hit that break, though, I want to talk again about oaky hides. You've heard me talk about these all season long, um, especially if you've got some property that you get to hunt consistently, especially if you have people you want to take hunting with you. I want to get my wife out and have her experience what this is all about, but she's not going to climb a ladder stand. She's not going to get up in a hang-on stand. The Oki Hide gives me an opportunity to get her out there. They've got a couple of different models from ground rounds to eight-foot platforms. I saw they just did a custom 12-foot platform. We're talking 26-gauge galvanized steel, magnetic blackout carbine curtains. They've got the largest landing platforms in the industry, 60 by 30 door frames for easy entry and exit, marine-grade carpeting. Like, they have absolutely thought of everything with these hunting hides. The guys over at Oki Hides are welders and fabricators by trade. They are outdoorsmen and guides by choice, and they've blended these two passions perfectly to create one of the best products you can buy and they're made right here in Oklahoma City. Check out okiehides.com. If you're in the market for a new hunting hide, it's something you can buy once and hand down for many generations. These things are so overthought, overbuilt, and well put together. I cannot recommend them enough. That's okiehides.com for more. Back inside the outdoor hour after this. Now back to the Outdoor Hour, presented by Park Ridge Medical with your host Taylor Maples on 1077 The Franchise and the Franchise Mobile app. Welcome back inside the Outdoor Hour final segment. We've got a great group of guests this week. As always, I'm Taylor Maples. Todd Lisenby behind the glass. On the phone is Austin Morton the current chair of the Oklahoma State Chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. we got Josh Karam and Josh Stratton in studio with us this week as well. I want to start this final segment just with a thank you to Okieland Bowhunters for their support of everything we do here at the Outdoor Hour. They've got a great sale going on right now for the holiday season on everything in stock. Make sure you get down to 325 Opportunity Drive in Norman and check out everything that they have to offer. Uh, They've got all the accessories you need. They've got a full lineup of flagship bows all the way down to entry level. It's unbelievable what they have. They've got a 20-yard indoor range, so you can really get these things in your hand and experience what all they have to offer. Go talk to Bryn. You will not find a kinder or more knowledgeable person in that space in the marketplace. Okieland Bowhunters at 325 Opportunity Drive in Norman is the place to go. And we're really excited to be giving away, uh, well, we gave away already a mule deer hunt for next fall in the Tetons that we'll be taking with those guys. So stay tuned on that. We've got another giveaway going on right now over at J.D. Adams and Company. Uh, Stratton, you want to talk a little bit about what you guys are doing? Yeah, come on. We uh giving away a fishing trip of a lifetime up to uh, Yellowstone National Park. We'll figure out where. 
uh, and as, win and win uh, <laughs> after the winter, and we see what kind of snowpack they have. I mean, if they keep getting what they're getting right now, golly, it's going to be a late season, which will be cool. Give some opportunities to fish into September, even early October potentially. Yep. So let's hope they keep getting piled up with snow. But it is uh, all expenses paid for two people. Yep. We're also giving away a thousand dollar. Uh, gift card or store credit to J.D. Adams and Company. So if you're lacking on gear, you can get loaded up before we go. And then for our customers, every time you uh, have a checkout that's $100 or more, we give you another um, entry uh, into the whole shebang. You know, you were in the shop uh, for our little Christmas shindig on Saturday, yeah. and we did a little peeking in the box. Um, you know, it's it's you still got a good chance. You got to come by. Yeah. I came by, let my little daughter Wyatt meet Santa in the shop. I saw people dropping in five and six tickets, though, because they'd spent a little bit of money in the shop. And... Saturday wasn't a bad day to, uh, <laughs> <That's good. laughs> to, to have a fly shop, I'll tell you. It was pretty great. How, let's talk about how legit that Santa was, though. That's yeah. probably the best Santa. That was a good one. That yeah. that dude, yeah. yeah, he, I may, that may be Santa Claus. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I'm that telling you, man. Absolutely was. I'm telling you. I know him. You met him. Mm-hmm. I know him. And he said you're on the naughty list. But uh, <laughs> we know. weren't going to bring that up. <laughs> but seriously, guys, and I know a lot of these kind of giveaway trips, when you go and you, you enter to win some of these things, you never know somebody that wins. We've done two trips now. We have two bona fide winners that we've had on the show. On top of that, this is all inclusive, uh, all expenses paid. Like you said, we're covering your travel, we're covering your lodging, your meals, your licenses, and you're going to get that $1,000 of shop credit. So regardless of where you're at in your journey as an angler, if you need a first setup, they've got that for you. If you just need to replenish some of this, I mean, you could get quite a few flies from the fly bar. If you've got $1,000 in your pocket, you could probably walk away with like 20 flies, right? Yeah, <laughs> 10 or 15. Yeah. <laughs> You guys, you guys, <laughs> a lot, a lot. Uh, yeah. So get on down. You've got till February 26th to register to win this trip for two, mind you, so you can bring a friend. Start thinking now who you're going to bring. Uh, J.D. Adams and Company, the fly shop, is located in Oklahoma City on the northwest corner of North May Avenue and 122nd. Get over there and drop your name in the box. One ticket just for walking in the store. Yeah, come hang out. It only takes one, right? If you're that type of guy, <laughs> it'd take me like 5,000 if it was me. But yeah, and I still would not win. We've heard the same thing, like you said, though, Taylor, from both our winners, which was, I never win this stuff. Actually, Nate said he wins all the time. but Nate wins this stuff. Yeah. He's got a little bit of a hot streak. He yeah. told me he was going to stop by the shop and register to win this one, too. <laughs> and He's whoever, our mule deer I mean, can, can you, you know... There's got to be a tap out, right? I mean, like, if <laughs> if you win one of each, you're done. You know, it's like drawing the elk in Oklahoma, you yeah. know? Yeah. Here's the best move, though, that Nate did. Guess who he's bringing on the mule deer trip with him next year? His dad. His taxidermist. Oh. Oh! <laughs> It's a really oh. brilliant move. Oh, brilliant. I mean, that guy's never going to have to pay for a shoulder mount brilliant. again in his life. That's pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. World mounted. Yeah, absolutely. Just that, that's a flex. It wouldn't sure. be as brilliant a move, but whoever wins this trip, I am definitely willing to go if somebody would like for me to be their plus one. I just want to throw that out there. Same, and, same. and he'll sign your fly rod, I hear. That's yeah. right. I'll, I'll sign all... I'll all, sign, all of it. I'll sign your person if it makes if it <laughs> yeah. makes you choose me. Yeah, get that tattooed. <laughs> Todd will let you put his face on your body if uh, That's correct. if you will bring him along for the adventure. No, no, no. I'm going to go one further. Todd will put your face on his oh, body. Oh, there we go. Probably so. And yeah. and part of it will be as <laughs> I'm bringing so. you in to kiss you on the cheek for taking me with you. Yeah, got a little Stevo situation there. <laughs> Things are getting weird. We like it. All right, Austin, I'm going to circle us back in here to BHA. We talked in the last segment about deer camp. You guys had a duck camp this year as well, and I know that was such a success. Um, You've got some great partners that help you put that on, and I want to give you a little bit of time to talk about them and what that event is. Oh, thanks. I can't say enough about um, the crew that pulled together duck camp this year. Um, Just a big hat tip to G&H decoys down in Henrietta. Um, Ray Penny and, and his staff and, and, and team just opened their doors up. We had a fantastic time. 
um, big roaring campfire. I mean, giant campfire Friday night. People out having cold drinks, just telling stories. The the laughter was uh, was contagious. So that was it was a really nice Friday night. We got up Saturday morning to very different conditions. Um, just that that kind of driving rain. I, I think Forrest Gump described it, but um, it was it was hitting us from all sides. We were soaked to the bone and. Um, I think everybody shot ducks. We had a good morning and, and shot some ducks. It wasn't it wasn't on fire, everybody, but everybody had some action. And we kind of came back in to just a, a great afternoon, um, hanging out. We had a wood willow came in and played some bluegrass for us, and fire was roaring inside, and everybody just really had a great time. We had some raffles and giveaways. Um, I, I don't know if Karen wants to speak. Yeah, about we, we can uh, we can skip that. Yeah, part. I mean, I heard there there was kind of a a battle there uh, for a sweet little Yeti cooler. How'd that work yeah, out for you, it was, Austin? It was it worked out really well for me. Mm. Uh, you know, I thought we had an agreement amongst friends that we were going <laughs> to put our raffle tickets in certain bins. And the next thing I know, I see Karen drawing war lines on his face. There, there might have been some uh, some sneakiness involved in the raffle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, but it did not pay out for me. <laughs> it sure backfired Josh, on me. You were, you were colluding with Karim again. No, I was trying to help you out and create a side deal, uh, which Karim verbally accepted and then immediately about-faced and just started stacking the raffle uh, bucket against your, you know, your well wishes. But, um, yeah, it, well, you know what? Stop the, the count. The it all worked out, right? Because you know what? I danced myself over there and picked up that Yeti cooler, and I and – I, just with a big old smirk, look at you guys as I walked back because fate fate served you serve you up a platter right there. And I made a nice so. donation to the chapter. You did. <laughs> you know I, what I love about what you guys do at BHA uh, with these events, man. What a wonderful way for community to join. You know, uh, I met people from Louisiana, Arkansas, Texas, Missouri, uh, all here enjoying and exploring what Oklahoma has to offer, uh, learning from each other. Sounds like next year there's going to be some wonderful opportunities for some educational uh, stuff from maybe some dog trainers to uh, some tips on uh, decoy spreads and maybe some uh, tips on using duck calls from different people, but Man, Ray Penny and Ben Heff over there, what an operation they got going down uh, in Henrietta, Oklahoma, reinvesting into a small town here uh, in uh, God's country while uh, also making one heck of a product. So that that was super cool. You know, uh, what he let everyone camp on his uh, at headquarters grounds, right? Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. I mean. There were campers pulled up. They had a they had a block security for your boats. Um, dogs were welcome. I mean, it, it was a it was truly a duck camp. I mean, we're, we were right on the outskirts of Henrietta, but you got to think about all the public land that's just a stone's throw away. Um, you know, you got Deep Fork, you've got Sequoia, you've got Lake Eufaula. Um, the, it was it was truly a, a fun event. It was a great foundation to start this moving forward. This is something that's going to continue, and it's going to get better and better every year. Um, kind of just to, to pause and talk about G&H again and kind of, again, tip the hat to, to those guys. Um, you know, American-made decoys, if you're an Okie and you're not buying the Oklahoma Decoy Company, you need to ask yourself why, because those things are super durable. They look great in the water. I run super mags uh, myself. I like to try to draw them in from the heavens, you know, especially if you're going to hunt public water. Size matters. Um, it's it's really a, a great decoy. I, I can't say enough good things about them. So, again, if you're in the market for some decoys, I'd check them out and, and support Okie businesses and and uh, just a really good company that's, that's supporting us in con- conversation or conservation, excuse me. So, um, but it, it was a lot of fun. Um, thank you to everybody that showed up, and it's just going to get better year after year. We're going to try to do some mentor stuff next year for our new duck hunters that want to go out and kind of pick up some tactics to get success themselves. Yeah, not uh, to to stay on this for too long, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You mentioned that you know the goal is to have five or ten mentors that when you register for the event, you'll be able to 
pick one of them or you'll be assigned to one of them uh, to help guide you through uh, potentially your first duck hunt uh, here in Oklahoma. That seems pretty rad. Can we do that, this that, like a game show and put everybody in chairs that they spin around? And, I think so. Like yes. based on their calling abilities, right. we'll have everybody chuckle, you know, and maybe turn back. That's a guy I want to go get a blind with. Spin around. Yeah, we'll turn it into the voice of duck hunting. Yes. Okay. All right. Why is it the guys that are competitive duck callers don't sound anything like ducks? Well, they sound like ducks. They just don't sound like someone who's trying to attract one to kill it. Okay. It's but, just a you performance. Know, funny. You know, <laughs> we, we, it's, uh... we got in, <laughs> we got into the blind and, uh, there were two of us calling. I, had, I took my boat in and there were four of us hunting. And, uh, uh, we have two newer guys hunting with us that have, have hardly shot any ducks and kind of just running through the rules and said, you know, I don't really like to call. It's not, you know, I generally think if you're in the right spot and your decoys are right, everything's good. And, you know, we're not going to call a lot of these ducks. We're going to let them do their thing and we'll only call when it's necessary. And uh, after the hunt, one of the guy ribs me. He goes, hey, you said that you don't really call at those ducks. He goes, how come every time they came close, you guys started hammering those calls? (laughs) I don't know, buddy. We like calling ducks. Irresistible. (laughs) It's it's there. I have to use it. That's right. Um, What what do you guys got going on in 2023 with BHA? Well, Karim, you're planning a a pretty cool event right now. uh, for a pint night, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yep. So we're going to do a end of deer season pint night. Um, one of our partners is Cross Timbers Brewery here in Oklahoma City, and they um, they helped us develop a public lands pilsner brew. Um, so we appreciate those guys doing that. So we're going to do a um, a pint night. So it's a, basically a gathering where everybody can come in once deer season is over, um, have some great beer. We'll have some food on site. Um, we're going to have a um, an official deer scorer on site, so a uh, chance for everybody to bring in their you know the deer that they've harvested this year and kind of do a little bit of bragging and and see what they score. So it's a great opportunity for fellowship and just kind of um, you know recap what we've experienced this deer season. So look for that. We're of course as everything we'll be posting that on all of our social media channels. Uh, but it should be shortly after deer season um, ends this year. So, uh, you know, mid-January is what we're looking at. Then after the pint night, um, we're going to, uh, the next big event that we're going to be putting together is going to be similar to duck camp, but it'll be a turkey camp. And so um, turkey is my, uh, you know. Do you like turkeys? Dude. <laughs> have you ever like gotten a tattoo of turkeys on your body for those of you that don't know me i've got a sleeve that is a turkey uh turkeys in the roost so uh to say i like turkey hunting is uh is a little bit of an understatement so i live for turkey hunting it's my favorite time of the year in oklahoma is springtime because we can hunt turkeys we can pick morel mushrooms we can fish crappie uh, we can pick up sheds. I mean, it's it's the best time. The weather's great. The ticks are crazy. So it's it's awesome. <laughs> so yeah. that's a high point. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> you you had me at the ticks are crazy. Yeah, I didn't think I that was say. where that was going to end. That was yeah. the ticks are crazy. That's right. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, turkey camp is a real fun time because the weather's usually pretty mild. Um, you know, we get the occasional Oklahoma craziness, but uh, the weather's usually mild. Um, it's a with our new uh, bag limits, I predict that we're going to have a lot of um, guides available. Well, I shouldn't say guides, but mentors available to bring in any new turkey hunters. So if you're a turkey hunter and you're not, you maybe you're intimidated to get out there and give it a shot, this is a perfect opportunity to come and show up. And so uh, our, our typical format whenever we do any of these camps is that, you know, the first night we're going to talk about strategy and we're going to pair everybody up and we're going to give pointers on, you know, what to look for, how to locate turkeys um, and, and just kind of, um, you know, how to get ready for the hunt. And then we'll go out on the hunt and then, you know, we're usually done in that morning hunt pretty quickly. So we'll come back and then we can, you know, strategize on how we're going to get after them in the afternoon. Um, we, we always have great food. That's a consistent thing with all of our events is that food is is always present Um my my belly will will prove that to everybody. That. Yeah, I was gonna say if you see any of you guys out in public, <laughs> we like to eat. The boys like to eat. <laughs> That's right. Boys like to eat. Yeah, and we like to eat wild game. So uh, it's a good opportunity to try some stuff that you know you maybe are not uh, normally exposed to. So 
Uh, it's not uncommon to have, you know, elk that somebody has brought in or some bear or, you know, any of these more kind of unique meats. Hey, Todd, speaking of bear. You know, Taylor killed the bear. I don't know if you've heard this or not. He's made a point to tell everyone on every episode we've had since this happened. I mean, thank you. Yeah. I don't even have to say it anymore. I just have yeah. to stop conversation. And for the record, I ate a good chunk of it. Yeah. It was really yeah. delicious. Yeah. Honestly, I would love to come out to one of those wild yeah. game things. I'd, I'd love to bring some of this. I've got some bear meat to share. Yeah, so. okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, you have a real cool good opportunity. Um, Austin, this is kind of your good event, but um, we have a wild game cook-off that we like to do as well, so... Uh, maybe Austin, you talk about that a bit. Yeah, we're right up against oh, yeah. the end of this one, Austin. I'll give you just like thirty seconds to to tease this for us. Well, we're gonna it'll be right at the beginning of summer. I want to do it before it gets too hot, but it's just an opportunity for you to come out, and display your favorite wild game dish. So, um, we'll have three categories. We'll have a it swims, it flies, or it walks. And you can enter enter in that. And there'll be prizes and raffles, and um, but there'll be more to come about that. We typically will do that in May or June. The way I shoot ducks, it could fall in all three of those categories. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> At one point in time, it's fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for being on with us this week. That's going to do it for the Outdoor Hour. Special thanks to Austin Morton and Josh Karam from Backcountry Hunters and Anglers for joining us. As always, Josh Stratton, Mule Deer Foundation, uh, J.D. Adams and Company. The resume goes on and on and on. You're a distinguished gentleman. <laughs> Let's, let's, let's don't. Easy, let's easy don't. there. Let's don't. A gentleman and a scholar. Okay. Thanks for being with right. mustache. With a mustache to boot. I bet your house smells like rich mahogany. All the time. All the time. He's kind of a big deal. Todd Lizenby behind the glass again as always. I'm Taylor Maples. Thanks for joining us. If you've got a story to tell, maybe a lesson you've learned, or somebody that has introduced you to the outdoors and you just want to tell their story, give me a shout i'd love to have you on the show you can find me on twitter at t underscore maples instagram there as well at t underscore maples uh, you can follow the show page at outdoor underscore hour on twitter instagram and now tiktok and find the franchise at franchise okay if you've got a business and you'd like to inquire about partnering with the outdoor hour for advertisements the franchise in general or any other tyler media station send me an email taylor.m at tylermedia.com that's going to do it for the outdoor hour this week todd what's coming up next we got the soccer show coming up next there's a decent event called the world cup that a few people are talking about that we will uh recap coming up next and then on uh if you're listening to the replay of this on sunday morning you've got the remington park racing digest with the legend of Oklahoma Radio, John Brooks, coming up next. All right, guys. Austin, Stratton, Karen, thanks for being with us. Hey, this thanks week. for having us. Thanks, buddy. Absolutely. Until next time, go boldly. We'll see you outdoors.